Please join me for a word of prayer. Oh God, take my words and speak through them. Take our minds and think through them. Take our will. Set them on fire for love of your Son, in whose name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. Welcome to Christ the King. We uh, begin a new sermon series this morning entitled Simple Gifts. The title is taken from that uh, Quaker hymn, Quaker or Shaker, I'm not sure, a hymn of some years past um, by that same title, Simple Gifts. We'll look at some of those things that are just simple gifts that God gives to us, things we may think about but we may not think about from a theological perspective. We'll think about things like creation and food and words. This morning, the gift of sleep. Summer. I think there are a few things. Summer may be just a little bit of a time uh, where we get a little bit more sleep uh, than others. I think the, there are a few things as refreshing as a, a good night's sleep. I think there are a few things more luxurious than an afternoon nap. We just came back from the vacation two weeks ago, and every afternoon of our beach vacation, I grabbed my book, went into my room, turned on a noisemaker, and took a nap. Glory. It was great. Sleep. You may think about it, but you don't. If you're like me, you don't think about it biblically or theologically. So that's what we're going to think about this this morning. Sleep. Two quick caveats. Number one is I've preached on this subject before, but I'm going to preach on it from a different passage and draw different points. Number two caveat uh, is that the Bible actually has quite a bit to say about sleeping. You cannot help to cover everything the Bible says. For instance, the Bible gives some warning about overindulgence, too much sleep as an indicator of laziness or or slothfulness. Uh, That is not the subject of this morning, laziness or slothfulness, too much sleep. No, we're going to think about the goodness of sleep and the necessity to get enough of it. And I think if you're like me, I think if you're above a certain age, say above 20, 25 maybe, uh, the challenge is not that you get too much sleep. The challenge is you don't get enough of it. Uh, I know just personal experience, it seems like one out of every five days is pretty sleepless. Uh, Statistically speaking, that bears itself out. uh, About one-fifth of the population has significant challenges with sleep. I bet if you were to go through the last month and think, huh, how much did I sleep this past? How many nights were good sleep? I bet not as many as you would like. I bet you each of us have a few restless nights. So we're going to think about the subject of sleep. Uh, this, This sermon will have two parts. Number one is we're going to think about the purpose of sleep, why we sleep. And then having considered the purpose, we're going to think about, well, how do we get enough of it? And those two will link together. I'm going to reference uh, anything that sounds vaguely scientific will be from uh, this National Geographic article on sleep, The Secrets of Sleep, from May 2010. You can find it online. I found it very helpful. So why do we sleep? First question I want to ponder with you this morning. Why do you sleep? You know, biologically, that question is an absolute mystery. It's like many things that, uh, uh, there are many things that we assume are, that, that, that happen that really have very little medical or scientific explanation. Sleep is one of them. Another one is age. We know we age, but no one knows why we age. It just happens. Why do we sleep? No one really knows. We just know that we sleep. Listen to what the leading sleep expert said uh, after 50 years. This is William Dennett. Uh, who was at Stanford University, 
obviously no slouch. After 50 years as the leading sleep studies at Stanford University, he said, as far as I know, the only reason we need to sleep that is really, really solid is, get ready for it, we get sleepy. <laughs> it's sort of like going and saying, I'm broke. Why are you broke? I spent all my money. Right, right, I get it. Why do you spend your money? I, I get sleepy. Why do you sleep? Because I get tired. Right, why do you get tired? I don't know. It just happens. And we know that sleep works. We know that we're rejuvenated by it. We know that uh, without it, we will fail. We know that sleep always wins in the end. But why do you need it? Medically speaking, biologically speaking, that's a bit of an unknown. And one of the reasons that medicine has had such a challenge of remedying sleep, of uh, providing the prescriptions and the Uh, for us to get the sleep we need is is just a simple reason. We don't know why we need it in the first place. And not knowing why we need it, we're not able to address it. So instead of thinking of why we need sleep biologically, let's address the question a little theologically. If you were God, why would you create human beings, and not just human beings, any living animal with the necessity for sleep? And think about it. One-third of your life, on average, will be spent asleep. Now that is a baffling statistic. I'm 45 years old. That means from 0 to 15, uh, Katie Jane celebrated her 14th, 15th. I I lose track of my daughter's age. I know what grade they're in, I lose their age. But uh, one of my daughters is around 15 years old. (laughs) I'm in other regards a good parent. Uh, That means from 0 to 15, I would be asleep straight. Now that is just a baffling amount of inactivity and dormancy that God has built into your hard wiring. Why? He could have done it anyway. Why did he make you and me the type of creatures that recuperate ourselves through sleep? And you don't find this answer in the Bible, so this is a little bit of the gospel according to Glade. But here's my suggestion. I think God created you and me with the need to rejuvenate ourselves with sleep to remind us of two things. Both truths of the same coin. Number one is that sleep reminds you that you are limited, and sleep reminds us that God is unlimited. That is why God made sleep a a necessary part of your creation. To remind us that God is unlimited and that you are limited. Let me, let me expand this just a little bit. Consider the fourth commandment, the Sabbath. Uh, every seven days you're to take a day of rest. Why, why, why the Sabbath? The Sabbath reminds you that you are God, not God, and God is, among other things. For seven days, six days you're to work. Six days, but one day you're to rest. And you know what? The world's going to spin without you. Uh, for six days, you're going to work to provide for yourself and for your family. But on seventh day, you're to rest. You know why? Because God can provide. Uh, your provision does not depend only on you. God provides for the birds of the air, the flowers of the field, etc. He can provide for you. You're not solely in charge. You are not God, and He is. So built into your weekly schedule is a reminder that you are not God. And built into your daily schedule is a reminder that you are not God, that you are not in control. Think about it for even the most... Even the person who is way over here on the controlling side will have to, for eight hours of every day, say, I'm not in control. I cannot control my life, my work, my children, my job, my parents. I cannot control uh, myself, my finances. I cannot control. I... Why? Because you're going to go to sleep. You can't be God if you're asleep. And so sleep reminds you that you are 
unlim- that you are limited. And sleep further reminds you that God is unlimited. Why, according to the Bible, to biology, do you and I sleep? Remember what the doctor said? We sleep because we get tired. God does not get tired. Remember that great passage from Chariots of Fire, Isaiah chapter 40? Behold, have you not known, have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God. He is the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint, does not grow weary. Even the young men faint. Even the youth fall exhausted. They're not God. God does not get weary. He does not get tired. And therefore, God does not sleep. He is unlimited. So, there you have it. That's my hypothesis. Why do we sleep? Biologically, it's a mystery, but theologically, we sleep. God made us as creatures who need to sleep to remind us that you and I are limited and that He is unlimited. And if that is the reason why we sleep, then maybe just maybe the purpose for our sleep can help us with our sleeplessness. So I want to think about each one of those things. God's limitlessness as an aid to sleep and our limitedness as an aid to sleep. First, God's limitlessness as an aid to sleep. Turn with me to Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Now, you might likely have heard that passage before. It's often a picturesque scene behind it as if the hills were a good thing. That's likely not the case. The hills in this psalm are likely a source of danger and anxiety. Picture the ancient psalmist. He's in the valley. He looks. The night is setting. He looks up to the hills. What's up in those hills? He does not know. But uh, could be good guys. Could be bad guys. Could be wild animals. The hills are a source of anxiety and danger as the night is setting. I lift up my eyes to the hills. What's up there? I don't know, but something's up there and I'm down here. From whence cometh my help? To quote the King James Version. My help cometh from the Lord. Look at verse 3 and verse 4 with me. They seem a little bit redundant upon first, upon first glance, as if both verses are simply saying, God doesn't sleep. It's likely that verse 3 is a question, should be read as a question. In other words, verse 3 should be read as follows. He will not let my foot be moved, will he? He who keeps watch over Israel, he doesn't sleep, does he? And with a resounding no, he says, behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. You see what the psalmist is doing? He's talking to himself. Why? Why? Because he may know it intellectually that God doesn't sleep, but the fact that he is awake and anxious about whatever is up there on the hills proves that his knowledge that God is awake is only superficial. So he talks to himself. Does God sleep? No. Does God get tired? No. For me, up until a certain age, about age 10, there was nothing worse than being the last one awake. Think back with me to your childhood. Your older, sibling, older siblings go to bed. Then you hear your parents go to bed. And all of a sudden, that house 
is just deathly quiet and every noise is amplified. And for me as a young child, if there was some ambient noise, if there was my brother doing his homework or my parents talking in the kitchen or making their way up to, the, to their rooms, I, it, it wasn't that they were watching over me, but I knew that there was someone awake. And if anything or anyone were to crawl through my window, whatever filled the imagination of a 10-year-old boy, I knew there was something close at somebody close at hand to protect me, someone who was keeping me. Well, what keeps you awake now? Likely not a boogeyman crawling in your window, but it's the same products of your imagination. The what ifs. The how will this work out? What are the repercussions if I do? And one cause of sleeplessness is that we forget that God is awake. And we become uncertain and anxious about tomorrow. Therefore, one remedy for sleeplessness is to remember what the psalmist remembers, to talk to ourselves like the psalmist talks to himself. Does God sleep? Does God slumber? No. No, he does not. He protects the psalmist from the unknown lurking in the hills. He protects a 10-year-old boy from any boogeyman that crawls through the window. And he protects the 45-year-old from the what-ifs and the unknowns and the uncertainties of tomorrow. Let's go back to our thesis. The purpose of sleep is to remind us that God is without limits. Therefore, one remedy for sleep is to remember who God is. He does not sleep. You may not be able to see him just like you cannot see your parents, but he is in the next room. He is awake. He's watching over you. Let's move to our second purpose for sleep. Not only, not only does God teach, not only does sleep teach us that God is limitless, but that we are limited. And if we reckon with our limitedness, it will help us sleep. Let me explain. The Bible is full, chock full of encouragement to take care of today's work today. I'm away from Psalm 121, so just bear with me as I make a few references. Three quick examples of biblical encouragement to take care of today, the work today. From the Old Testament, the book of Proverbs, do not say to your neighbor, go and come again tomorrow, I will give it to you, if you have it with you today. In other words, don't tell your neighbor, don't tell the bank, don't tell, don't tell someone, oh, I'll pay you tomorrow if you have it today to settle the debt. Don't do that. Take care of it when? Today. Another example from the book of Ephesians, do not let the sun go down on your anger. In other words, resolve the conflicts that are in front of you. When? Today, before the sun goes down. From the Gospels, Jesus said, we must work the works of God when? While it is day. Because the night is coming when no one can work. Three quick examples, and the Bible is chock full of them. For one from the Old Testament, New Testament, and Gospels, each urging us to take care of today's business when? Today. Now, why the emphasis on today? Is it because the Bible is just aware that we're all prone to procrastination? Maybe. But perhaps a more important reason lies... Perhaps there's a more, encourage, more important reason for the Bible's encouragement to take care of today. 
And the reason? Tomorrow is no guarantee. When we tell ourselves, I'll take care of it. I'll pay my debt tomorrow. I'll resolve that conflict tomorrow. I'll do the good thing that I know I should do. I'll just do it tomorrow. We are forgetting one of the things that sleep reminds us of, and that is you and I are limited. And we have no guarantee of tomorrow. And in the same way, at the end of every day, you bow your head and go to sleep. At the end of your days, you will bow your head and go to sleep. Sleep teaches us you are limited. And every day should have its own sense of finality. Every day, those relationships uh, that are most important to me, to the best of my ability, should have a sense of resolution. Every day, those debts that I can pay, I should pay. I shouldn't push that visa bill off to the unknown future. Every day, the good things that I know I should do, I should take care of them. Every day should have its own little bow. Because there is no guarantee for any of us of tomorrow. One of the purposes of sleep is to remind us that we are limited. And one remedy for sleep is to remember who we are. And because we do not have an unlimited number of tomorrows, we must take care of today. When? Today. Two causes for our sleeplessness. One is the unknown future. The second is the unresolved past. So let me draw our thoughts to a conclusion. The next time you're awake at 2 a.m., when do you think that will be for you? For me, it will be sometime this week. I'll be awake at 2 a.m. Ask yourself, why am I awake? It may be because you drank too much coffee. It may be because your mattress is lousy or you spend too much on the time on the screen. However, you may be awake because you have forgotten what sleep reminds you of. That you are limited and that God is limitless. And there may be something in your future, some unknown uncertainty that is just simply beyond your control. And at 2 a.m., you must do what that psalmist did. Does God sleep? No. Does he get tired? No. I trust you. I trust that you are awake though I cannot see you. Or maybe you will realize there is something in my past which requires not trust in God, but action, some unresolved past. And I bet as you do those two things, as you trust God with the unknown future, as you act to resolve the unresolved past, my guess is that you will experience what the psalmist experienced in Psalm 121. Who, knowing that God does not sleep, knowing that he who watches over Israel neither slumbers nor sleep, knowing that God watches over my going in, my, my heading out from this time forth forevermore, knowing that I imagine that psalmist put his head on the pillow and went to sleep. We pray with me.
Be still, my soul. Your God will undertake to guide the future as in ages past. Your hope, your confidence, let nothing shake. All now mysterious shall be bright at last. Be still, my soul. The waves and the wind still know the Christ who ruled them while he dwelt below.